Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody disgusting network. Coming up next is something indescribable, tantalizing, and mind-numbing. Enjoy. Hello? Yeah! Hi! Hi! You're a filthy woman. <laughs> Did you ever watch The Twilight Zone? God, remember the Twilight Zone with Burgess Meredith? Remember, he, he, he loved to read, and there was a nuclear war, and he had no friends anyway, and he was down oh, on yeah, basic glasses. About the mannequins that got two weeks off and turned into humans, and they were allowed to go out and shop for two weeks on their own, and then this one came back, and it was over two weeks, and the other mannequins went, come over here for a minute, and turned into plastic. You want to see something? Welcome, everybody, to Zoning Out. I'm Christopher Feinstein. Down sex. Frank Bonacci. Fletcher. Erwin M. Fletcher. Erwin Mahatma Fletcher. Address? Seven. We're here today to discuss The Twilight Zone, Season 1, Episode 35, with an air date of June 17th. Hey, the kid's birthday, 1960. The Mighty Casey. A down-and-out baseball team's fortunes are lifted by a mysterious but seemingly unbeatable young player. What did we think? Oof. The worst half hour of television ever. Stinker. I knew I was in trouble because the opening narration, I had to play it back a few times because I didn't understand what he was saying. It was so like... What you're looking at is a ghost. Once alive, but now deceased. Once upon a time, it was a baseball stadium that housed a major league ball club known as the Hoboken Zephyrs. Like flowery and metaphorical that I'm like, wait, so are we back in time? I don't understand. Like, is this baseball team... It's well, Are they ghosts? I don't understand. Like, it was just like so many things. Here, play it. And a wind that stirs in the high grass of what was once an outfield. A wind that sometimes bears a faint ghostly resemblance to the roar of a crowd that once sat here. We're back in time now, when the Hoboken Zephyrs was still a part of the National League. And this mausoleum of memories was an honest to Pete stadium. But since this is strictly a story of make-believe, it has to start this way. Once upon a time in Hoboken, New Jersey, it was tryout day. I couldn't make heads or tails of that. Hey! It's me, Frank! Frank! I'll just come over to you. Future Frank here. I'm afraid this clip makes me sound a little bit like an idiot. I'm listening back to the episode, the opening, and I'm like, that makes perfect sense. I'm just really dumb. <sighs> Anyway, back to the show. First of all, they're the, what are they, the Hoboken Zephyrs? Hoboken's yeah. in New Jersey. Hoboken? Oh, I'm dying again! There's no palm trees in New Jersey. <laughs> oh, they gave up on that. I mean, that last shot, it's just like, that's clearly there's LA. A, there's, there's, a, mountains, there's a mountain range. There's a mountain range, range. <laughs> there's there's no mountain range in Hoboken. Unless it's the Staten Island dump you're looking at. But. Weird episode in that, well, you heard they had to shoot, like, Jack Warden. This is his first, he's the first returning actor, I think? Um, Definitely the first one I noticed. Yeah. yeah. The first one I noticed. Well, he wasn't originally so. supposed to, he was brought in at the last minute. They filmed uh, all his scenes, the manager's scenes, with another actor. And really? he died right the day after shooting. So what? they were like, yeah. And 
actually in the final shot there's that shot where you see them there uh the scientist and the manager are walking away from behind mm -hmm. that's actually the original actor uh, cbs wow. would not give them more money to like reshoot like the scenes but so it's like okay so serling's company cayuga it's like laid it out for this because they were just huh. being like stingy you cheap sack of shit so they're just like okay we, we have to reshoot it it's a light episode i can't have this guy's death hanging over the episode so i mean i don't know i don't know what call you make there that's the call he made so he reshot it and said hey warden come back who you does does died? his most does the best. I mean, Warden's so good in this. I don't even want to summarize this. I hate this episode. <laughs> Warden's name in this, this show is excellent. Mouth McCary. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, this was kind of topical because this was a riff on the Dodgers who had moved to Los Angeles and had won a World Series against White Sox apparently. And so like, this was like a big move because they were like a junkie team, I guess, in New York. Is that the case? I don't know. And then they moved to Los Angeles and they immediately won the World Series. So like, that's what they were referencing. Like that was the reference mm. point. So I guess if you were like in 1960, like, ha, ah, they're making fun of them Dodgers. <laughs> All right. <sighs> <laughs> hey, that's literally what, uh, what am I supposed to do with that as, you know what? As, uh, as shitty as this episode is this has a better premise for a spinoff than Mr. Beavis slacker yes I would have watched the Twilight Zone-ish show about a robot baseball player and a team of them right I'd have watched that show why they decided that Mr. Beavis was going to be the spinoff of this show so bizarre like yeah, yeah that's something I got to keep in my head like things that are a better spinoff than Beavis right and this absolutely is it's like absolutely. okay at least I something... said this would have been great, right? I gotta say, I didn't know where the plot was going because it was kind of out there. Like, I really was like, okay, we're doing this. Oh, he gets a heart. Oh, and it gives I was emotions. hoping he would have went fucking nuts and started throwing fastballs through. Oh, it just gave him compassion. Brains. He wanted to be a social worker. Okay, so <laughs> let me just go through this stupid episode. So, oh, jeez. So, broken down team. <laughs> I don't know what this about. Like the, the guy who like runs it is is yelling at the the coach, the manager played by Jack Warden. You're general manager of this club. Why don't you get me some ball players? You'd know what to do with them. Maybe you better get reminded when the Hoboken Zephyrs win one game, we gotta call it a streak. Who's really good? Who does the most with this? I mean, it's like the only moments I enjoyed were him being funny and being kind of the acerbic Jack Warden. It rhymes with cock. And that I really like seeing. It was like okay, I, I was trying hint. to get, give me something. Uh, like at least mm -hmm. it gave me that. Spo Imagine if he spoilers. Wasn't in this, this is episode. a two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if he wasn't in there, they would have went with the guy whose heart gave out on him. It would have been almost unwatchable. <laughs> yeah, it was tough. He's, Maybe this is what killed the guy. Yeah, he, this guy died for this. Somebody died for this episode. Do we know how he died? Uh, he said a, he, he was suffered. Yeah, he was suffering from uh, incipient coronary during the production, and yeah, his he wasn't performance well. was adversely affected. He appeared oh. modded and out of breath during the production. It's just like, oh, I don't feel good. Yeah, have another cigarette. That's right. the problem you're dealing back right. then. Sterling spent $27,000 of his own money to reshoot the entire episode. I feel like we've had a lot of near death, death, crazy accidents. Like, it's been a crazy season, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hey, Jack Ward, remember how you one. almost died in the desert in that last episode? Well, we actually, somebody did die, so we need you to come back. <laughs> <laughs> we did, we lost somebody finally. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a uh, fraught season, I guess, apparently, in terms of production. Uh, so, uh, what happens? So, a. A guy comes over, an old mousy guy, says, I got your pitcher. No, no, I'm not the pitcher. I'm Dr. Stillman. Though, of course, I have thrown baseballs in my time. That was before the war. Yeah? Which war? And he's like, okay, his name's Casey, and he's kind of awkward, the guy. He doesn't speak much, but he's throwing dingers. You want to go over that again? Oh, it's not too difficult, really. You see, I made Casey. I built him. He's a robot. Now, these are the uh, blueprints I worked from. He's throwing fucking, he throws fastballs, which we never see. 
his fastball. No. You, just hear I, you like, know what? But I like the way they do it, where it's just you hear it, and then it's just in the catcher's mitt. They're going to do a good job with the cutting of that. There's one cut. I know what you're talking about. There's one where they cut. They do a really it's like fast perfect. cut. Yeah. yeah that, that, but otherwise, it's just them looking, and you yeah, hear a slide whistle. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just doing the sound of the ball and just different. Somebody's just playing with a slide whistle. That whole yeah. sequence where he's just showing all the different balls. Turns out Casey's a robot made by this scientist who makes robots and he wants to test his robot with a shitty baseball team to see how it does in competition. I consider that with his strength and accuracy, he'd be a baseball pitcher. Now, in order to have that proved, I had to have him pitch in competition. And as an acid test, to pitch in absolutely the worst ball team I could find. He's killing it in like the first game, and then he gets he gets beamed, and it scrambles his circuits. So they take him to a doctor, which, if you know he's a robot, why did you take him to a doctor? Uh, doctor, I think you should know this before you go any further. Uh, this man hasn't a pulse or a heartbeat because he doesn't have a heart. He's a robot. A what? That's right, a robot. I don't just and so the they can have the scene. Totally nonchalant about the whole thing. So it doesn't phase him that this is a robot. So in one scene, the doctor is examining him, says he doesn't have a concussion, realizes he's a robot. The commissioner of baseball comes in and says, hey, we can't let him play because he's got no heart. He's a robot. Gentlemen, he doesn't have a heart. That means he isn't human. That's a clear violation of the baseball code. I'll make you a heart. Okay, we'll let him play. If he were to be given a heart, uh, would you classify him as a... Well, what I mean is, would you call him a... You had me fooled even without one. All right, all right. And this is all in one scene. There's a lot of business that gets dealt with very quickly. <laughs> they give him a heart. And I guess he meant a metaphorical one because it's not like a circulatory system. It was like emotions, I guess they meant. This is not very good science in this episode. That's the thing. It's science fiction with some really lousy science. Uh, mm -hmm. And then he gets heart. He gets heart. And then he, he throws in easy pitches to the players because he feels bad. And he's grown a conscience. And he doesn't want to take money and like steam away from other baseball players. So he says, I'm going to quit and become a social worker. I'm sorry, Mr. McGarry. I just can't hurt fellas' careers. Dr. Stillman thinks I should go into social work. That's right. I want to help people. Again, very quickly done. This is all in one scene. This this robot like gains sentience and understanding and compassion, and he goes to go off social worker. And this is like in the span of like a minute and a half. Yeah. <laughs> and he just mm -hmm. kind of just leaves, just walks away. The scientist is like, oh, "I'm sorry about that." Uh, well, here's the schematics for this really dangerous new technology. <laughs> Yeah. To the manager. And the manager's like, wait a second. He goes, what? And he chases a guy on the field. And then Sterling says, Once upon a time, there was a major league baseball team called the Hoboken Zephyrs, who during the last year of their existence wound up in last place and shortly thereafter wound up in oblivion. There's a rumor, unsubstantiated, of course, that a manager named McGarry took them to the West Coast and wound up with several pennants and a couple of world's championships. This team had a pitching staff that made history. Of course, none of them smiled very much, but it happens to be a fact that they pitched like nothing human. And if you're interested as to where these gentlemen came from, you might check under B for baseball in the Twilight Zone. Or he didn't. Like, we don't know. I'm not telling you, but there's a rumor. Just say whether he did or he didn't. He may have become like, you know, just, it's so stupid. <gasps> I don't even know what to say. It's just like, uh, this is garbage. So, is this the stupidest episode of the, of the whole season? I'd yes. say it's the stupidest. There's things like, I mean, you know, really, if you just break it down, what you just did, it's 
it's, it's so utter dumb. nonsense. <laughs> it's utter nonsense from beginning to end. Yeah. So do you guys you guys know about Casey? So okay, he you know he was in Fletch. What? Boy, what in the hell's the matter with you? Yeah, Casey was in Fletch. He was. He puts it. Is that he puts it on their bill? Is that that guy? Think so. The drink. They're sitting on the the porch swing. No, that's the that's the that's the guy's real father. That's uh Tim Matheson's uh, real dad. Right. Okay. Right. Oh, it's that guy. So that's yeah. that's the mighty wow. Casey. Okay. So the mighty. Right. But wait, I'm not done. So then I then you learn that um in July 24th, uh, July 24th, 2004, that man was uh, drinking in a bar in uh California, Simi Valley, California, when he became belligerent and beat a man to death, and he was sentenced to 32 years in prison. <laughs> what? Whoa. He Way to go old to, time. Well, he didn't he didn't beat him up. He went he got into the argument where he was forcibly escorted from the bar he went home he got his gun and he came back and he oh. just shot him in the back at point blank right he just came into the bar and just shot the man to death and killed him wow and he also then shot a bystander also who he had no previous interaction with might as well i'm going to hell anyway yeah and then he fled in a volkswagen van but he was arrested short what uh, the f- short distance away he was charged with a premeditated murder and attempted premeditated murder he pleaded insanity not guilty by insanity where he was sentenced to uh 32 years to life, and he died in prison in June 11th of 2019. Holy The mighty shit. Casey, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you know who I am? You know who the fuck I am? You know the fucking the Twilight Zone? I'm fucking Casey. Who? You the fucking best episode of the series? Fucking Casey. Oh, you don't know? Cloudy on Gunsmoke. You don't know? Well, wait right here. I'll show you who I am. Jesus Christ. Crazy. Probably still mm-hmm. mad at Fletch for that uh, lunch bill incident. You know this doc? I don't think that's the same guy. <laughs> no. That's uh, and then Walsh is that doctor. Uh, Dr. Jellyfinger. <laughs> yeah, so that's what happened to... Uh, that's horrible. Yeah. That is horrible. Marvin Stanley. An- another robot for Jack Warden. Corey. 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 Both episodes. Oh, yeah. He keeps oh, dealing with robots. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't even make that connection. Huh. You don't want to fuck this one. You just want to make <laughs> a pitch real good. <laughs> hey, do we know right. it's not the same guy? The same character? Do we know the character's yeah, name in The Lonely? That's could it, it I'm going to space. <laughs> this could be before you went this to baseball space. Is, this baseball could kick rocks. I'm going to space. <laughs> I really love Jack Warden, though. It's just like I like seeing another... It's like, oh, a new Jack Warden performance. Because yeah. I, I, you don't realize like what a treasure he is. Like as a, I, He was one of those actors I always saw as a kid. But as an adult, I really appreciate how good he is. If like we always talk about dirty work, it rhymes with cock. But really, use cars. You got to watch him and use cars. He's fucking unbelievable in that movie. Miami, yeah, Miami Beach, Miami Beach, Florida. I know where the fuck Miami Beach is, dummy. That's Zemeckis. That's Zemeckis's film, uh, right before okay. *Romancing the Stone*. I think what he did before that was *I Want to Hold Your Hand* with my buddy Eddie Deason. What's your name? I want you. It's Eugene. You're a great picture. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I was still not on the internet. I miss my buddy Eddie. I used to talk to Eddie Deason every day via Facebook. Buddy, mm-hmm. you offer him submarine sandwich, and then he comes, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, this was a tough. We watched this in the same sitting as the After Hours because, like, I think a dud right before this would have really soured me on the show. It was yeah. just like this weird height of brilliance, and I was just like, the next one's kind of a clunker. So I, I wasn't as miserable as like when I get like two bad ones in a row. Well, before we came on, I, I was like, I haven't seen these in a while. What's the second one? Like, I had forgotten this episode. Yeah. Just didn't. It's this or Nightmare as a Child as the stupidest episode. Nightmare as a Child's pretty bad. The, uh, yeah, the actual plot, if you go beat by beat of that episode, what the fuck was it? 
It's so stupid. Well, it's we we really summed it up the best. It's like, hey, do you remember how your mom died? We'll see you later. See you in twenty. Like he just keeps showing up in our life just to check instead of just killing her. He's had plenty of opportunity to kill this woman throughout her entire life, but he wants to he wants her to remember first, and not for like any perverse reasons. Like, well, now I have to kill you. It's just like it's so bizarre the logic of that. But I think the commissioner of baseball going, well, the other teams are going to hate it, but you can have your robot picture. So what the fuck are you talking about? Sight unseen. <laughs> Just there you go. I get it, science fiction. It's like you couldn't find a better application for this thing. And you're just gonna let it just go live its life as a social worker. This thing, like the government doesn't step in at all. Like, excuse me, this technology could fall to the wrong hands. What do you plan right. to do with it? We'll just give it to this random fucking loser manager. What if this thing malfunctions again and yeah. now it doesn't yeah. have empathy? Now it just goes on a fucking murder spree. <laughs> yeah, imagine as it's part of its emotional maturity, it becomes so hardened that it just becomes a sociopath. It's just like I have to kill them to make them clean. It's just like you know what? That's like Casey. <laughs> or what if he like gets drunk and shoots somebody in a bar? Oh. And now a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by the good folks at Far West Press and Maverick indie filmmaker Kansas Bowling. We go way back with Miss Bowling, don't we guys? Yes sir, as the time of this recording, about one week. First up, for those who hate writing letters, there's pre-written letters for your convenience. Pre-written by Kansas, alongside her sister and frequent co-conspirator Parker Love Bowling. A series of increasingly specific and absurd letters that are meant to be cut out and sent to the people in your life. If you're like me, and I know I am, this book will tickle your funny bone and caress your aching knees. Next up is the companion book to Miss Bowling's upcoming film, Cuddly Toys, the aptly named A Cuddly Toys Companion. All kidding aside, I was shown a screen of this film, and it is nothing short of a masterpiece. Oh, don't worry, folks. You're gonna hear a you're gonna hear a lot more about this film from me in the coming months. I was genuinely floored by it. This book follows the harrowing and often hilarious adventures Kansas and crew went on in making this soon-to-be classic. If you love film, filmmaking, and crazy behind-the-scenes stories, this book delivers all that in spades. And fret not, you needn't be familiar with Mrs. Bowling's Ovier. How do you say over? Am I saying over right? Over? Yeah. You don't need to be familiar with Miss Bowling's over <laughs> to enjoy this pair of books. You must simply be of unusually high intelligence and distractingly attractive, which is how I see our audience in my mind's eye. But now is your chance to prove it with action by heading on over to farwestpress.com and picking up pre-written <laughs> rubber baby buggy bumpers and picking up pre-written letters for your convenience and a cuddly toys companion. While you're out, check out kansas-bowling.com to see what goings-on she's up to lately. You'll be supporting our shows by supporting our new sponsors, Kansas Bowling and farwestpress.com. Thank you for listening, folks. I love you. I think I got it. I swear, this city gets crazier and crazier every day. They missed it. Oh, jeez, we got a live one. Hey, buddy, the English nobleman in my teeth told me something. Hey, if you go to wnuf.bigcartel.com, you get the out there Halloween mega tape and other products. I bet you didn't know that. Did you know that the dust balls in my living room, they're there on purpose. Did you know that? Um, do you, do you want like a dollar or something? <laughs> you just throw a cat at me? <laughs> oh my God, are you okay? I saw everything. Yeah, I think so. I'll tell you one thing though. I'm not gonna rest until I find out more about how to purchase the out there Halloween mega tape and other products from wnuf.bigcartel.com. I could tell you that much. Yes, I too would like to learn more about how to purchase out their Halloween mega tape and other products from wnuf.bigcartel.com. 
if you know, this feels like Serling let his kid write an episode. Yeah. This is five year old logic. Yeah, yeah, go for this one. You like baseball. <laughs> yeah, the Zephyr. They got a robot pitcher named Kathy, like the song, like the poem, whatever it is. I like that. Make him be a robot, but then he gets feelings. And then give him plans to make more robots, because I like those. Yeah, here you go. I'm going to be in the, the parlor smoking. <laughs> Gives this kid another cigarette. All right. You know, his name is Rodman. It's not oh. Ro- Rodman Serling. Oh. I looked at, as, oh. uh, I was watching something today about uh, the Twilight Zone. Uh, I found this like short YouTube like trivia thing and uh, they showed his tombstone and it was Rodman. I'm like, oh, that's his name. There's an episode I didn't know was banned coming up. I don't know. It's not this season. It's with George Takei. Who is this? <laughs> George Takei here. <laughs> How have you been? I don't believe I know you. <laughs> I grew up in Arkansas. You did? Well, yes. I, so did I. But I don't believe I know you. Uh, oh, great. Um, can you excuse me while I dappled my wang with the latex? What do you think? Oh, do we rate this episode two? A two. One. A two. I mean, maybe a one. I, I mean, I never want to see this again. I set it on fire, throw it in the woods. Uh, yeah, two just because I love Jack Warden. It rhymes with cock. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he gets a point. Two. Just because it was just... That was the only anchor. That was the only, the only thing, thing anchoring me to it. It was just like, yeah. uh, at least Jack Warren's, you know, good. It was just nonsense. I, I didn't even understand like the point of it. Like it was just like, what? Like it was just a bunch of just things that just happened and then it ended. And now, Mr. Serling. Next week we take you back into the dark and hidden, unexplored recesses of a writer's mind, and do some probing as to just how this type of bird operates. It's a fascinating excursion into the oddball. On the Twilight Zone next week, Keenan Wynn and Phyllis Kirk star in Richard Matheson's A World of His Own. And on this particular one, even this kooky writer gets into the act. Good night. Join us next week when we do the finale. Anything can happen. We'll probably just talk about the Twilight Zone, though. Yeah, probably. I'm going to have some lentil soup now. Enjoy, Mommy. Thank you. <laughs> Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out. And we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now.